All right, Romans chapter 13. We are going to finish the chapter by the grace and faith of God. So we are going to pick up with verse 11 and finish down to verse 14. Romans 13, 11 through 14. So let's read. Jeremy. All right, it says, and, and, uh, and do this knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the word of God. And it's going to be our spiritual meal. And we're going to open our heart and receive it by faith. It's going to nourish us today. Holy Spirit, we call upon you as the divine teacher that you would minister to each individual person. Open their eyes, ears, and hearts to understand what you're saying. Father, we thank you for breaking this apart and, and the people of God hearing from you today. And only you can do this miracle, and we believe it's happening right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go back to verse 11, start unpacking. It says, And do this, knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation's nearer than what we first believed. And so we're in chapter 13, and so the first eight chapters really had to do about you and about your personal walk with the Lord, your vertical relationship with God. And so you were justified by faith, sanctified by faith, find out that you're filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you have a specific call on your life. But we go into chapter 12, and it just changes to where it's not just about you, it's talking about horizontal, that your life is to impact others. That when you got saved, you didn't get a private rapture. And so you, were, you left here uh, because God left you on assignment. You have a work to do for the kingdom. And work is not a dirty four-letter word. Now, if you're trying to work to get God's approval, that's the works of the flesh. But there's a horizontal work, a work of faith that God's called you to do. And you have an assignment. Tell someone you have an assignment. And so you're here for a purpose and you're on assignment. And so uh, this is really the last half of the book is talking about your assignment. And, and it's really to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so to be a billboard for Jesus so other people can see him. And so uh, verse 11 again says, and do this. Do what? Well, we just talked about walk in love. Has it come to that? Walk in love with other people. And, so, and Jesus says that, that uh, they will know that you're my disciples by your what? Preaching, teaching, your bumper sticker, your Christian necklace. No, the love that you show one towards another. And so it says in verse 11, says, and do this, walk in love, knowing the time that now it's high time to wake out of sleep for now salvation is nearer than we first believed. And so it says, we need to know the time. And so what is that talking about? We need to understand the time that we live in. And do you know that uh, the time we live in is very close to the, to the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ? How do I know that that this time is closer to Jesus than ever before. Think on these things. And so if Paul thought the time of the Lord was near 2,000 years ago, and, that, and, he said, and he's saying now 
the time is far spent. We, we're, we're like at 11.59 at the very end, 5.99 or whatever. And so it says, knowing the time. And so, but it says it's high time to awake out of sleep. That word high time in the Greek is hour. It's the hour to wake up. Uh, tell someone the alarm clock's going off. <laughs> How many uses an alarm clock? Some of you. Praise God. And the ones that don't, they're not here. <laughs> they're sleeping. So praise God. Have an alarm clock. We use an alarm clock, and so that'll go off and... And, well, actually, we use Google. We just talk to it now. Sometimes it listens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you have that old alarm clock. So what's the temptation to do when you just feel like you're not ready yet? Snooze. Hallelujah. And so, but you know what? Now's the time to wake up. Don't hit the snooze button. And so many Christians have hit the snooze button so many times that... Uh, that they're way past time. So you need to wake up. This is the third great awakening we're in. Amen? So what, what do you need to be if you're in a third great awakening? Awake. Wait, wake up. So this is not the third great snooze. It's the third great awakening. And so the alarm clock's going off. We wake up. And it says, wake from your sleep. So this is not natural sleep, of course. It's talking about spiritually sleeping. It's talking about spiritual inactivity. Just not spiritually active the way we ought to be. What does that mean, to be spiritually active? I'm not talking about, well, get busy for Jesus and get religious. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the faith walk. That we're to live by faith. And faith isn't inactive. Faith is very active. So what's faith involved? Faith is releasing your faith. That means you're speaking God's word actively. So, so just ask yourself, have I been speaking God's word lately? Well, I've kind of backed off on that. I just kind of let it go. And, because you know what? I just don't want to create waves. Because then I'll be a target for Satan. And I'm just want, I just want to be left alone. So if I don't bother him, he don't bother me. <laughs> Deception. You're going to get attacked either way. I remember the civil, reading about the Civil War. There was this guy that was in battle. Instead of running away and, and deserting, he decided, you know what? I just want peace. So he wore, black, he wore uh, blue trousers and a gray, t a gray coat and got shot by both sides. <laughs> You're going to get attacked. You're a Christian. He hates you. You're the image of God. And so... You need to be active spiritually, speaking God's word, resisting the works of the enemy. You can't resist what you accept. You can't resist what you're, you're tolerating. You can't overcome something that you're not resisting. And so many Christians are just accepting things. That's just the way it is. And I'm just going to try to make it through, make it, for, make it through to see Jesus someday. No, you're here on assignment to walk in faith. Speak God's word, act on God's word, step out in faith, step out on that water, and uh, resist the enemy. That's what you're called to do. So I'm going to ask you a question. How active are you? Are you slumbering? You're saved, going to heaven, but are you active? Are you awake?
1 Thessalonians 5, look at this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 says, You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. Tell someone you're a son of the light. Amen. Well, ladies, don't have a problem with you being a son. That's a position. If I'm a bride of Christ, you can be a son. You're all sons of the light, sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. That's a good, that, that is a wonderful revelation for somebody in this room. <laughs> those that sleep, sleep at night. You don't stay up all night and sleep in the day. Unless you're on a night shift working. But so many people, you just up all hours of the night. Okay. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And so we're to awake from sleep. We're to take off our bedclothes and put on our work clothes. Because when money comes up, I mean, we're off Monday, but most days, you, on the weekdays, you get up, you t hopefully take off your pajamas, take off your nightclothes, and rearrange yourself, clean yourself, arrange yourself, and what do you put on? Your work clothes. Well, there's bed clothes and there's work clothes, and a lot of Christians are walking around in their pajamas, and they are sleepwalking. They're in a dream world. Many Christians are snoring so loud, they're ir irritating everybody around them. So we need to wake from sleep, get dressed, go to our day job. That's our, we, you have a work assignment. We are to wake up and, and, and know that we're left here to be a witness. So for our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Well, pastor, I thought I was saved. Well, if, you're, if you've accepted Jesus, you're saved. Raise your hand if you've accepted Jesus, you're saved. So what is it talking about? Our salvation is nearer than what we believe. Well, you got to understand salvation, guys, is three-part. For We have a three-part being. We're a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Salvation has three parts to it. The first part is has to do with our spirit. When we accepted Jesus the day you got born again, you were saved 100% for all time and vacuum sealed from any contamination. You're born again. You're a new critter in Christ. The same nature as Jesus, and that salvation's complete, but you still have two other parts to work on. Tell someone you're not done yet. You have a soul that's being saved by the Word of God. Renewing of the mind. Not the removing of the mind. <laughs> renewing of the mind, that's the, that's the salvation part you're going to be doing for the rest of the time here is renewing the mind. That, that's roasting your peanut. And so that's, that's the salvation. But then there's a day when Jesus comes back and we're all going to get a resurrection body. Tell someone this is not as good as it gets. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> and this time about the, when Jesus comes back, Jesus is going to be coming back soon. And we're going to have complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body. And so again, past salvation is our spirit, present salvation our soul, future salvation our bodies are going to be resurrected. And it's nearer than when we first believed. And Paul said that 2,000 years ago. 
And so it's very, very near. Look at verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And so the word night is a metaphor for the present age. Jesus was the son of righteousness. And when he appeared, the sun showed up, the sun came out, and he was walking in the day. And he says, you know what, while you have me, this is the day, but then you're not going to have me. And that's when night comes. And so Jesus was the son of righteousness. And so, but when he was taken to heaven, all of a sudden darkness hit the earth, but he left us to be what? Light in this dark world. And so you have a function to be a light. So what kind of light have you been? Or floodlight. So night, night has come. So the church is supposed to reflect Jesus. We're the moon. Do you know that the, when the, the moon doesn't have any light of itself? It reflects the sun. The church, we don't have any life inherently in ourselves, but it's the life of Jesus that's reflecting out of us, reflecting from our life. And so we're, we're the, tell someone you're the moon in this dark world, and you're to shine. But sometimes some Christians are in eclipse. No, you're, you're to be a full moon out there for everybody to see. All right. Move on. So the night is far spent. That means it's far advanced. It's moved on. It's almost time for sunrise to come. The night's almost over. And the day is coming where Christ is going to come back. It says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. That word cast off, we're going to find cast off, put off, put on. Those are clothing terms. And, and clothing has to deal with, with identity or your sense of identity. Do you know that every major profession has its own clothing to, to identify it? Policeman, fireman, cowboy, office worker. You know, there, there's clothing that identifies you or your sense of identity. And so clothing is really speaking of our actions that comes from the sense of our identity. And he says, cast off the clothing, the, the bed clothes. Cast off the old clothing and, and take a shower, freshen up, put on the day clothes, put on your work clothes. And so we're to put off some things. We're going to talk about what's some clothes that we need to throw off that are bed clothes that are not clothes for us to be wearing. And so this is outward action. So the hour to wake up has come. The alarm clock is going off. Wake up now, cast off your bed clothes because your bed clothes are not appropriate to wear, wear at work. Don't, don't wear your PJs at work. The works of darkness. What are the works of darkness? Can you pop up Galatians 5? And let's look at verse 19 through 21. These are night clothes. The, the, this, is, uh, this is what people in the nightlife wear. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which is adultery. Adultery means that you are sleeping with someone that's not your wife. Or husband. Fornication, that means sex before marriage. Uncleanness, uh, that's all kinds of sex sins. Uh, lewdness, same similar, go to verse 20. 
Idolatry, that, well, we don't have, we don't bow down to anybody today. Well, it's putting anything in front of God. Sorcery. You know that Greek word sorcery is pharmakeia? Where we get pharmacy from? Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Next verse. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which before the time has passed, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, we saw those things here. So, let's go back to talking about the work. Cast off these works of darkness. And so, I have a question for you. Are you done with the nightlife? <laughs> Ask someone, are you done with the nightlife? <laughs> time has sufficed for all that stuff in your life. You're done with the nightlife. Let, let's let's uh, have the day life. And it says, put on. Say, put on. That's a clothing term. Put on the armor of light. So when you wake up, you take off your bed clothes and you put on your work clothes. Well, your armor is your day job as a witness, as, as someone that's actively standing against Satan. Because you don't want to be like a dead fish floating down a river. You want to be resisting. Well, it's just so tiring. Well, you know what? You're gonna, I don't want any suffering. Well, you're going to suffer either way. Suffer out of your own fleshly life, or, you're gonna, or there's going to be some suffering resisting. But you know what? You have much more joy and peace when it comes to standing there trusting God. And, and you need to wear armor because why would you need armor? Why would you need protection? Because there's an enemy. And he will shoot at you whether you want to or not. Well, I'm hiding behind a rock. Or I'm in a foxhole. Now, he'll find you. And he will attack you. And so that armor is all on your front. There's no armor on that, backs, that covers your backside. There's a lot of Christians walking around streaking with, with arrows in their rear. <laughs> Get that out of your mind. We're to wear armor. What's armor for? To protect us from the dangers of the night. We're protected from stumbling in the darkness. And our enemies are warded off by the shield of faith. So the armor of God. But it says the armor of light. Do you know that your armor shines? Never thought about it. The armor of God is illuminated. You glow in the dark. You ever been out with your did you're gonna do laser tag? I have some nephews, so I go laser tag. I just kind of hole up in one place instead of running around and just pick off these little kids. <laughs> Wisdom. They have all this energy getting shot, and I just never get shot and just pick them off and <laughs> chuckle to myself. But but you know, when you walk into the thing that, that if you have anything white, it glows in your teeth. You know that that your armor is illumination. It reflects Jesus, the light of Jesus. So people can see you plainly and they can follow you. Look at verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and not in lust, not in strife and not in envy. So it says, so we are to walk. Say walk. 
It didn't say stand or sit or lay down. The walk of faith. We're to walk and fulfill what God called it. And it says walk, look, walk properly. What does that word properly mean? It means walk in a becoming and attractive way. Your walk ought to be attractive to people. That at work, they, you should stand out at work and they want to just be by you and say, you know what, can I just stand by you because you're just so peaceful. They just eat your fruit. You know what, you're so loving. I just want to be by you. You know, you're just so joyful. I just need some joy. Can I just be by you? And then they go, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Well, let me tell you what's right with me. What's wrong with the world? It's Jesus, and, and you can have this. We're to be a billboard for Jesus. And that includes Walmart. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you let that old lady in front of you, instead of beating her to the checkout lane, <laughs> and act like you didn't see her. That's putting your shopping cart back instead of leaving it in the middle of the road. I'm stepping on someone's toes. I'm rolling that cart over someone's toes. We need to make the Word of God attractive because you're the only Bible some people's ever going to read. Titus 2.10. Titus 2.10 says, Not pilfering. What's pilfering? That means taking small things of low, va- low economic value from your workplace. Like pens and paper clips and, and all this stuff. It says, don't, don't pilfer, don't take small things. That, well, they won't miss it. Not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things. What does that mean? That you, you make the Word of God attractive. You put earrings on the Word of God. You, you make it attractive. Uh, and so our lifestyle ought to be attractive for people to look at. Look at, uh, next it says here, Titus 3.8. Look at Titus 3.8. This is a faithful saying that those things who, uh, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God, raise your hand if you believed in God. This verse is for you. Tell someone this is for you. Perk perk up, listen. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. That's New Testament. That's the apostle of grace telling us that I should be telling you constantly that you need to maintain good works. Why? To keep God happy? To keep him in a place where he'll bless you? That you'll stay saved? Or stay righteous? No, it's not vertical, guys. It's talking about horizontal. Why should we be careful to maintain good work? Because people are watching you. Tell someone someone's watching you. It's funny. um, I read this quote the other day uh, where uh, this... the. uh, this guy that wrote Sherlock Holmes or Conan Doyle, he had his friends, he had about 15 to 20 friends he played a prank on. He sent a, a letter in the mail, and, it, and, all, and when they opened up the envelope, it says, run, everything has been discovered. And every single one of them fled the country. <laughs> True story. 
We don't want to have to have a life like, it's been discovered, run. So why should we be careful to maintain good works? Read the finish the verse out. These things are good and profitable to men. So guys, you can just be a grace Christian and be happy that you're forgiven of your past, present, and future sins. You're the righteousness of God. You're holy. You're right with God. He loves you unconditionally. You're going to heaven, and you can be content that way, but you can't be content just that way and be effective because you need to be a grace and faith Christian. What's that mean? You need to have the lifestyle of faith you're living out in front of people, being a witness and letting Jesus live his life out through you and manifest some fruit. Don't be fruity. <laughs> Bear fruit. Well, I don't really care. I'm just happy in Jesus. And, but, well, that's the love of God, isn't it? I, well, I don't really care about anybody else. I'm righteous and saved and going to heaven. I'm happy. But I could care less about anybody else. That's, that's the nature of Jesus, wasn't it? He just stayed up in heaven, happy with the Father and just enjoying himself. And that's, he could care less about anybody else. Now he came down to be a billboard for God, for us. This verse brings out inappropriate dress for your day job. This is night, night clothes you need to take off. Wild parties, getting drunk, sex outside the marriage union, strife with others, and being envious. So it says that we are uh, we're to walk in the day, not in revelry. That's, that's uh, wild parties. I'm not going to raise your hand if you've used to be in wild parties. Or if you were in one last night. <laughs> you know what? Nothing's better than just having a worship session with God. Amen. You want to get high? Yes. Get in God's presence. <laughs> carousal, that, that's carousal, and actually it means letting loose. Drunkenness. Drunkenness has no part in a believer's life. So let me give you a, let me give you a clue. I'm going to help you here. To, on a key not to get drunk. Don't drink <laughs> alcohol. Well, pastor, are you preaching that I should have a glass of wine or what? I'm just saying that if you're having problems getting drunk, buzzed, is drunk. Well, I'm barely conceived the baby. I'm an hour conceived. Well, you're pregnant. So if you're having trouble getting buzzed and all the other stuff, and you, so just best not drink. Wow, where's the grace? This is a grace church. When you are intoxicated with Jesus, you don't need anything else. Not in lewdness, that means sexual intercourse outside of marriage. Lust, these are all manifestations of the flesh. Jesus has set you free. Not in strife and envy, that's quarreling with people. Well, it's their fault. Well, it takes two to tango. 
did you hear they said this? And I said, well, yeah. And they went, nah, 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 nah. and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Strive, envy. You know grace thinking will protect you from that? Being envious about people? When you realize you are what you are by the grace of God? And you don't deserve or merit anything and the gifts of God and what you can do is by God. He give you the breath to breathe. He gave you opportunities. He gave you that talent. He, you have talent on loan from God. And so you don't have to be jealous over it and envious of other people. And you know what? What about how do you do a strife when you just don't agree with somebody? Well, who's right? Me or them? Neither usually. God is. Why don't you say, well, God, what's your opinion? Because I think this and that person thinks that and we're in an argument. So how, who's right? Well, give them a C option. God says, I'm right. Ask me and I'll, I'll tell you my, how I see it. And then you can like, oh, okay. Verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. There's that put on, put off, put on. So what's that talking about? That's talking about understanding your identity in Christ and putting on actions that come from your identity in Jesus. Put on those actions so other people can see this. Put on your work clothes. Put on your outside clothes for other people to see Jesus. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 24. Ephesians 4, look at verse 24. We have his nature and character in our spirit, but put it on on your outside so people can see it. Ephesians 4.24, and that you put on the new man, say the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Raise your hand if you're born again. Okay, you're a new man. All right, ladies, you're a new man. I'm a bride of Christ, you're a new man. And that new man, that new, let me, let me help you ladies out with something. When you see the word man in the Bible, it's the Greek word anthropos. It means mankind. So you're mankind. So it says you're a new man, new mankind. You're a new being that was created in true righteousness and holiness. Now who is the one who can, who's the one that gets to define what's true or not? God. And when God says that you are, you're born again and your new man is created in true righteousness and holiness, guess what? You don't get more righteous and holy than that. You're truly righteous and holy. But do you believe that? You bobblehead me. But are you living it out? Because if you truly believe it on your heart level, it will manifest in your life for everybody to see. It becomes clothing people can see. So if you're living in this, these other things, that means you haven't got your mind renewed to who you really are. You need to renew your mind. How do you do that? How do you renew your mind? Well, you need to start speaking the word over yourself. First person, present tense. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you remember the first time you said that? I go, uh-oh. I'm a liar. I'm taking a shower with my socks on. That's not comfortable. But you keep saying it because that's what God says. And you keep saying it and keep saying it and then until all of a sudden it goes here and it goes, dink. And then when you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's when your outward life takes on 
that change from the inside to the outside. So we need to put the Lord Jesus, before we can put Jesus on in our actions, we have to put him on our mind. Let me say that again. Before you can put Jesus on your actions, he has to be first on your mind. Because your actions come from your thought life. And so a lot of Christians are trying to be like Jesus, but they haven't renewed the mind. They haven't, they haven't put Jesus on their mind, but they're just trying to act like Jesus. And that's why they're failing. And so we want to be Jesus with skin on for others. We want to, to, we want to be incarnational. What's that mean? God in the flesh. So we want to incarnate Jesus. We want to put Jesus back in a human body for people to see by letting him live in and through you. So make no provision for the flesh. Put him on, because you can't put him on and then, a lot of people do it backwards. I'm going to deal with the flesh, and then I'll put Jesus on. No, no, no. You put Jesus on, then you can deal with the flesh. So what's that mean? I can put Jesus on my thought life, to where my focus is on Jesus constantly. Let me ask you a question. Who's your eyes on if you're focusing on your sin all the time? You're a navel gazer. No, you need to focus on Jesus. When you're focused on Jesus, you'll become righteousness conscious. That's when you can get, you get so, uh, you can be so caught up in Jesus that everything else just falls away. But so many people are trying to overcome certain things, but if they just get obsessed with the person of Jesus, that just falls away. So what am I saying today? I'm saying get your eyes on Jesus and fall in love with him. There's three steps to the victorious Christian life. Number one, look at Jesus. Step number two, keep looking at Jesus. Step number three, keep on looking at Jesus. Well, pastor, when are you going to stop saying that? When you start doing it. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Look at that word provision. It comes from a Greek word to think of in advance. To make provision for the flesh. How am I going to make provision for the flesh? Is I'm going to think about the things of the flesh. I'm going to think about that temptation. So Satan will come and he'll put a tempting thought in your mind. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. And he goes, of course you're not going to do that. But you can think about it. Just enjoy it a little bit. Of course you won't. And then you're thinking about it and all of a sudden emotions kick in and then all of a sudden you're willing and you find yourself getting closer and closer into the vortex and down in you go. You play around the riverbank, you'll find yourself in the water. And how does it start? It starts with you thinking on it. You've never sinned that you haven't thought about it first. Sin doesn't come on you like a seizure to seize up and sin. Now you think about it. You make it. And so it brings me back to a story. It reminds me of a story of a young kid. And uh, they were telling him, Johnny, you're not allowed to go down to, the, to that pond down the road. And we don't want you down there. We, it's dangerous to you know, be by yourself with the water down there. So you're not allowed to go fishing down there. And he had been caught fishing several times. He said, they're not going to do that anymore. And okay. And so the next morning after he had been 
reprimanded not to do that anymore. He was on his way to work, uh, not to, on his way to school, and he had a school bag and he had a fishing pole. And they said, I thought we told you, do not go to that fishing pond anymore. You're not allowed to go. And he says, I'm not. But just in case I get tempted, I'll I'll be ready. (laughs) You're thinking about it. And 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 you prepare for that. You can't stop thinking something, though. Just don't think it. Don't think pink elephant. Don't think pink. Don't think elephant. Stop it. What do you got to do? You got to replace it with the blue gorilla. So how are you going to stop thinking about the things of the flesh? Get your eyes on Jesus. See, the devil wants you to focus on sin and try to resist it. But where's your focus? And every time you say, I shall not, I shall not, and the desires of the law rise up, I shall, I shall. And and you can get out of that whole thing by just focusing and start worshiping and thanking Jesus. And all of a sudden, that power of that temptation is broken. You can't stop thinking something, replace it. The best way we can avoid walking in sin is to set your mind on the Lord through the Word of God. You know, Jesus bled seven times from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross. Seven's the number of completion, complete blood redemption. You think, well, he only bled on the cross. No, he he bled in the garden with great sweats of blood and and tears. He, he, uh, and I want to talk about one area. He had a crown of thorns was put on his head. And then that soldier just beat the long, thick, and just beat him and beat him, and blood was just coming down his face. But, but why did he take that beating on the head? Is to redeem, redeem your thinking. To redeem your thought life. To redeem a life that's been defiled by thoughts that screw ruts in your life. He wants to redeem that and totally set you free from patterns of thinking. So he, so, so, uh, Matthew 27, 29 talks about that he wore the the thorns. And thorns speak of a curse. In Genesis 3, 17 and 18, it says that that thorns are part of the curse. So cursed thinking. So Jesus, his head was, holes were opened up so, so that you can be redeemed so the light can shine into your head. So what do you need to do? If you're having problems in sin, it's coming from, your, from, from a stronghold in the mind and in the heart. So, so what, what can you do? You can, you can claim redemption through the blood of Jesus over your mind. So what's been defiled can be cleansed. Claim you've been redeemed. Say, say this, I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed. from cursed and sinful thinking. And I have the mind of Christ. Amen. That's what, the, that's what the helmet of salvation is for. And if you'll do this, you won't ever be able to fulfill its lusts. Lusts are ready to flame up. Your lust is going to be in the flesh. It's going to flame up. But the way you do that is you keep the fire of the Spirit burning. 
How do you keep the flame of sinful desires at bay? Keep the fire of the Spirit bright. So guys, what am I, basically what am I trying to tell you today is it's time to wake up out of spiritual lethargy, lethargy, put, take off the bed clothes, put on your day clothes, put on that armor of light, and start trusting Jesus again. Start speaking his word, resist the works of the enemy, and be about your assignment. And realize everybody around you can see you. What kind of witness are you? Well, I'm saved and I'm righteous. Oh, praise God. But yeah, but what are other people saying about you? We know what God's saying about you, but what is other people saying? Well, I don't care what people think. Well, that's your problem. Now, I don't care what people think about me saying I'm righteous or not, but when it comes down to my witness matters eternally to other people. So stop hitting the snooze button. Uh, so the Lord gave me a word about someone here that um, has a loved one or um, a friend. I don't know if this is a grandparent or an aunt, but there's someone in your life that you love that has drug charges or something, um, you know, hard um, that is coming against them. And I just feel that the Lord is going to take care of this. I don't know in what capacity. Um, but this is going to be a stepping stone for this person that they'll be able to look back and say, the goodness of God has led me to repentance.